It's Thursday night, Calvi. Welcome back to the water cooler. Where we cover everything you need to know to not sound like an asshole at work. And it was a good Thursday night, man. We had some football on. A little extra bonus content we'll get to at the end. How you feeling tonight? Feeling good, man. Just, you know, feeling real good considering we had our first little head-to-head disagreement on on a game. And, you know, I happen to be on the right side. It feel, feels good. Yeah. I thought the Packers had something going, had a little Lambo magic, but they kind of got shit pumped. It was 34 to 20 Lions over the Packers in Green Bay. Yeah, just a weird game from the start. Just the Lions dominated. They were up 27-3 at the half. And the Packers came out, made it a little bit interesting coming out. Um, they had a chance going into score to, you know, cut it to a one possession game, but just never really could do what they needed to do. Jordan Love didn't have a great game. He definitely struggled for most of it. Uh, but I mean, if the Packers could just figure out how to even be decent early in the game, uh, they might have had a chance. Same thing last week. You know, they get shut out first half last week, and then they they get held to a field goal first half this week. And the only field goal they got was their first drive of the game coming off of a Jared Goff interception deep in their own territory. So they didn't even move the ball. They just, you know, were able to yeah. score. I feel like they – I believe they had eight total yards the first half. I believe that's what it was. That draft yeah. where they scored, they it was like incomplete pass, sack for a loss of nine yards, nine yard gain, fourth and ten kick the field. Was like he could have just kicked it on first down. It would have been the same fucking thing. Could have had some more time for the end of the game, you know, when they were playing better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was kind of disappointing. Um, it was kind of just the David Montgomery show, and then the Lions' defensive line was getting after Jordan Love. Um. Other they were the Packers. Players. Yeah, the Packers line was struggling big time for yeah. sure. They had looked, some injuries. He looked very flustered, um, uncomfortable in the pocket, and it showed. Like you said, they only put up three points in the first half, and it just never really was a close game. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, aside from Romeo Dobbs had a good game out there, nine catches, 95 yards, but the rest of that offense just – not good. Um, Love's stat line by the end doesn't look bad, but a lot of it was garbage time and late. So, you know, too little, too late for them. But, you know, they've shown good signs through the first four games overall. They're sitting at two and two, but this really looks like it's the Lions division to run away with. Yeah, that was a big game. I, it's, you know, it's early on. We're only four games in, but that felt like a big deal at Lambo. You know, if it was in Detroit, it might be a different story, but yeah. All right, let's keep it moving. Uh, let's hit a little preview for the week four weekend slate. Hopefully we can find some some money in here, some some bets, some winners, just like we did last week. Yeah, let's run through it. We're gonna start with the Falcons at Jacksonville. The Jaguars are minus three, so they are the favorites in the game. Expected, expected to win by a field goal with an over-under of 43 and a half points. Um, I don't know if you want to re-record this part and say, because they're in it's in London. Uh, ha, ha. 
we could Let's say leave it in because Jacksonville, London, what's the fucking difference? That's true. That's true. They're on their way, right? Are they moving there? They're, they're half they're halfway yeah. across the pond already. But yeah, the the Jaguars sitting at three point favorites. I I don't know, man. This is a stay away game for me. I really believed in the Jaguars last weekend against the Texans at home, and they just shit the bed. And I, you know, I'm I'm not ready to be hurt by them again. So I w- I would like to stay away from this game if I had to bet it. I'd probably lean Falcons uh, with the plus three because that gives you a good chance of a push if they lose by a field goal, and I could easily see them winning as well. So I'd probably lean Falcons here. Um, it feels like the early London games are always kind of weird to start the season. They're just – they're one of those games that, you know, they start at 6.30 Pacific time, so you kind of wake up at around 7.30, and it's getting close to halftime, and it's always a weird score. It's like, you know, 16 to – to 12 or some weird shit like that. You're like what is going on in this game? Um, so I could see it playing out something weird like that. Um, but yeah, who you, who do you feel? No, I agree. It is always a weird game. Like maybe a over on the field goal prop or something like that, because like I said, it's a weird score 12 to nine or something. One thing about the field goal prop to those, those England folks love to see the ball get kicked. So, you know, give the people what they want. Man, you, you know, <laughs> that's a soccer team. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I do agree, though. Like, if you had to bet, I'd probably go Falcons plus three. But the, you don't want to bet on the Jags right now because you don't know what the fuck they are. And you never want to bet on the Falcons because that's just not how you have a good time. It is. It, yeah. It, the one the one bit of joy you can get out of this game, betting-wise, is – like we said, it starts early for us on the West Coast. If you place a little bet in the night before and you wake up and you see that it's doing well, that feels good. But it could also really start your Sunday off in a in a poor way if you wake up and it's already you're already down money. So just stay away. Stay away from this one. I'm gonna give you a winner, actually. You talked me into it. You sold me. First half under. I don't know what the number is. It's gonna be like 22 and a half or something. Because you might wake up, like you said, if you're on the West Coast like we are. I wake up at 8 o'clock, rich, just a a winning bet in my pocket already. I didn't even have to watch. I didn't have to suffer through the shitty football to get there. And you just wake up with the winner. That's kind of nice. I kind of like that idea. Really like that. Let's uh, let's do that together as one. All right. Next we got up Ravens at Browns. Browns are the favorite. Minus three here at home. The over-under is 40. Yeah, I do like the Browns in this spot. At home, the defense has been playing incredible. And the Ravens are just banged up, like always. They always seem to be hurting. Um, and this year's no different. I, I see the Browns, you know, they made a big statement last week. They played pretty well overall. And that defense just going to give Lamar some trouble, I think, especially with all the injuries. So I like the Browns there. The minus three is tough because it feels like it could definitely be a field goal type game. Uh, but I, w- I would still lean Browns either way. Yeah, I like the Browns too. Uh, I don't know what the Ravens are doing. Like you would think at this point of the season, they would just be pumping the ball to Mark Andrews like 15 targets a game. 
yeah use it's eight flowers and they're just not it's like there's no plan on offense and they're just like Lamar get out there and fucking fuck some shit up man do what you do but that only works so long in the NFL and it's not working right now moving on we got the Bengals at Titans Bengals are minus two and a half on the road over under is 41 points I really like the Bengals in this spot I know it was a sloppy weird game but that two and a half line is a magic number they win by field goal they cover um, and the Titans are just really bad. They're really, really bad. The Bengals defense has been looking good, picking up the slack while the offense is struggling while Burrow's banged up. And I think they do it again here. I just think, you know, we talked about it on the recap pod, but the Titans offense is just terrible right now. Tannehill's awful. I think they really need to, uh, look at making a change there. I think this is a good spot for the Bengals to capitalize and try to get something rolling. That over-unders, a tough spot too. 41 is a low number, but the way both offenses have been playing, I would probably still lean lean with the under there as well. Yeah, I love the Bengals minus two and a half here. Like you said, the minus two and a half, if you're winning a game in the NFL, a lot of times it's going to be by a field goal or more. Um, I think the Bengals win easy here. The Titans are just fucking garbage. I know the Bengals have been pretty bad too, but feels like they're kind of turning it around. If it gets to 41 points, it's going to be like 37 to four. You know, I, I, I don't see how they don't win this game. I'm going to, I'm definitely putting that in my parlay of the week. Yeah, love that. Next up, we got Broncos at Bears. Broncos are minus three and a half on the road, which you don't see very often in an 0-3 team. Favorites on the road kind of speaks to how bad the Bears are, although you could argue the Broncos have been just as bad. The over-under is 46 because I think no one's just going to play defense this weekend out there. Yeah, this is the definition of a stay-away game. Do not put yourself in any situation where you have any rooting interest in these two teams, any financial, I don't care if it's $5. Don't put any money on either of these two teams. The fact that the Broncos are a favorite against anyone speaks to how bad the bears are, but man, the Broncos, the Broncos are coming off of giving up 70 points and you're telling me they're three and a half point favorites on the road. That's ridiculous. But on the flip side, the bears deserve to be three and a half point underdogs at home. So I ideally don't see anything from this game at all on Sunday. Um, I don't, I don't want it to, I don't want it to graze my TV at all. So <laughs> I, how about I this one? The over under is 46 after the Broncos literally lost by 50. The, <laughs> the fucking difference in points of their last game could make up the over on this game. <laughs> yeah, if, you, joke. <laughs> if you're if you're a real degenerate and need to put something on it, just bet the over and hope for chaos. Yeah, yeah. I think we will see a lot of that game because I just don't think they're going to play defense at all. And it's going to be sloppy, but it'll probably be high scoring. So that could be fun. All right, next up, we got the Rams at one and two going to face the Colts in Indianapolis. And this one is a true pick on Vegas is not picking a favorite. Um, the over under is 46 points. I like the Rams in this spot. 
especially with it being a pick em. The Colts have been playing well. They're they're frisky. Um, you know, their new coach Shane Steichen has had them playing really well. They look pretty competitive out there. But I just think the Rams are a better team overall. They started with that surprise win over the Seahawks, lost their next two. But I just think that this is a spot where McVay kind of flexes his muscles as one of the better coaches in the league and comes out and gets a win to take them to two and two. And those two losses, by the way, were to the Niners and Bengals, I think. Yeah. Right? So it's not like they're two slouches. Yeah. You know, two teams that very well could find themselves – playing for the Super Bowl this year. And both games that they were in as well. Yeah, yeah, they were both close games. Uh I agree. I agree. I kind of I kind of love that as a pick em. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, Colts have been playing tough. They just beat the Ravens. Uh Anthony Richardson's coming back it sounds like, and the last time we saw him, he ran for two touchdowns in the first quarter of the game before he got a concussion. So the guy's legit. He can get out there and get it done, so it should be a fun game. Next up, we got Probably the game of the week. I think easily the game of the week. Dolphins at Bills. Bills are minus two and a half at home with an over under of 53 and a half. Before we get into discussing the specifics of this game, um, can I take a moment here to just go at the NFL for their scheduling real quick? Sure. Well, they gave us they gave us three afternoon games last week, all terrible games. And they did it again this week. Three afternoon games is all we get. Meanwhile, they're putting the Dolphins and Bills, hands down the best game on the on the slate this week. At the 10 a.m. slot, they're gonna it's gonna just be hiding in there with eight other games. We'll still see plenty of it, which is good, but I just don't understand. And and then they give us a Sunday night game. Of Chiefs Jets, which yeah. yes, before the Aaron Rodgers injury, that would have been a fun game. But man, we got to be able to change the schedule when something catastrophic happens like that in injury. That's just insane that we're stuck watching that in prime time. We got Seahawks Giants Monday night. I mean, come on, man. And it's tough. It's a 10 a.m. game. At least flex it to the afternoon and gives give give us more like time where we can just really focus on that one it's tough it's tough but back to the the line i think i'm leaning dolphins here i like the idea of buying buying a point here and getting them to plus three and a half the how that works you can you know you can can just alter the spread you can theoretically alter it to whatever you wanted but obviously it changes your odds uh but with the dolphins I, I just feel like they're going to win this game. It, it seems like they're here to, you know, here to really show what they're about. Their their flaw typically in the past would be once the weather gets a little cold and they're in their the offense can't get clicking as well. But they're playing in Buffalo on this game, which is usually a cold climate and stuff. But it's September. It's the end of September. The weather's going to be fine they should be able to put up points no problem and and i think i think they'll come out ahead on this one yeah i like the dolphins here too i probably wouldn't bet it um just cuz i don't feel that great about it cuz the bills are a very good team if anything i would bet the over just just for the hell of it just cuz it would be so fun to watch those two teams light it up but to your point 
the Dolphins, as we saw when they played Denver, they just ran all over the Broncos. And surprisingly, the Bills have a very good defense, but they are 31st in the league against the run. So they've been giving up chunks on the ground. It's what the Dolphins do well. They don't want to have to put the ball into his hand to throw deep and, and go win games if they can avoid it. They'd let, rather run the ball, let him throw it short to Waddle and Tyreek and let them do their thing. So I kind of like them here. I think that they'll pull it out on the road. Yeah, I I, th- I think it's a I think it's a good matchup for them, especially with the weather uh, not being a factor. It will be really fun that you got one of the best offensive minds in the league versus in, in Mike McDaniel versus Sean McDermott, who's one of the best defensive minds in the league. Yeah, should be a good, good matchup. One. Move it to Sunday night, Roger. You cunt. Can you say <laughs> that on? Can you say that on podcast? Yeah. All right. Cool. Definitely. It's ours. Next up, we've got the Vikings at 0-3, going to Carolina versus the 0-3 Panthers in a game that someone's got to win, I think. The Vikings are minus four on the road with an over-under of 46-and-a-half. And, Kavi, stop me if you heard this before, but the Vikings have to win this fucking game. Stop, my friend, stop. Because I have heard this before, and the Vikings have let us down before. But I'm with you. This is a game they really have to win. They are 100% the more talented team of the two. I would say they probably have a better coach as well. They should be able to pull this out. I don't really love that they're a four-point favorite at 0-3. But, I mean, the Panthers are 0-3 as well. On the road. Yeah. it's This is, this is a game I would stay far away from, uh, both for – betting purposes and just for pure joy of watching football purposes aside from watching Justin Jefferson out there I don't really want to see anything from this game but you know it is a spot where the Vikings really need to dig deep and and pull some out if they want to save anything for this season yeah I I think I love the Vikings at minus four which is a disgusting perverted thing to say but they, they just have to dig deep and get this one. It does kind of feel like if I bet the Vikings minus four, they'll lose on like a 75-yard field goal as time expires. And then if I don't, they'll win by 30. That's just kind of how the world works sometimes. Yeah. But I think I love it. I think I'm going to hammer it. Vikings minus four. Like you said, the talent's there. They're a much better team. Bryce Young is coming back this week. And right now at this point in their careers, he's just not – throwing the ball even like an Andy Dalton can or a Kirk Cousins, which is not setting the bar high. But he's got a little bit of a learning curve coming into the NFL. Yeah, I agree. That That's not to say he's he's not going to be better than either of those two guys, but as of now, he's not. And it's a big learning experience for him, trial by fire in a way. And, you know, I I agree with you. I I would not use the love word in this situation. The Vikings are not a team to be trusted, but hey, man, you do you, boo. Will you let me borrow some money for it? With some interest, maybe. <laughs> All right, next up, we got the Steelers going to Houston against the Texans. They are minus three on the road with an over-under of 42 and a half. And this is, don't forget, after the Texans are coming off a big win, against the Jaguars. 
Yeah, I love the Steelers in this spot, partially for that same reason. They had a really big game, big spot last week against a division rival, won a game comfortably that no one expected them to win. And so I feel like this is kind of a spot where they kind of come back down to who they really are, which is, a, you know, a competitive team, but not not a team that is going to be scoring, you know, high 30s every week and and winning games by 20 points. The Steelers defense should really make things tough for Stroud. You talked about it a bit on our last podcast, but this is a good spot, I think, to bet Stroud to throw an interception, his first career interception. That defense should be flying around. TJ Watt really making things difficult for him. So, yeah, I like the Steelers a lot here. I do, too. The, the definitely, you know, the defense is, is on another level of any unit that the Texans have. They're a scrappy team. They've been fun. They've had some moments. Uh, but I don't think that C.J. Stroud has ever come across a defensive line that gets after it like these guys do. And as we mentioned last week, Stroud has yet to throw a pick in his first three games in the NFL. More power to him because he's been actually throwing the shit out of the ball, so you'd think he'd have one by now. This week, he is minus 110 to throw a pick. Wish it was a little more juicy, but uh, I think it's going to happen. I think these guys are going to get after him. Yeah, that's still that's still a spot where you basically double your money, whatever you bet. You double it when it hits. That that's still a good bet. Love it. Love it. Keep give you a, give you a little extra spend of money for the next one. All right, moving on. We got the Bucks at Saints, both two and one in the NFC South, a division clash right here. The Saints are minus three and a half at home with a whopping over under of 39 and a half. Yeah, I think this is a good spot for the same year. They're without Derek Carr, but that team is pretty talented. The defense is very good. I think they'll make things tough for the Bucks. You know, who kind of came back down to earth after their two zero start. Eagles, Eagles uh, put them back in their place. Let them know who's boss around the NFC. And I think the Saints will come out play well. You know, you have a week to prepare with Jameis as your as your starting quarterback and it's a big revenge spot for him team that drafted him. Uh, you know, he had some decent moments there who could forget the 30 touchdown, 30 interception season, just <laughs> remarkable, remarkable, historic feat. But yeah, I think, I think James will come out and play pretty well and play well enough to get the job done. I think the saints handle it. And I, I like them to cover the, the three and a half as well. Yeah. And you said, you know, you mentioned the bucks getting out to a hot two and our start two and O start. And then you look at who they beat. It was the Vikings and the Bears. Yeah. So not exactly the cream of the crop of the NFL. Um, I agree. Saints are going to get it done. It's tough to lose Carr, but that's why you keep Jameis around because whatever you want to say about the guy, it, you know, I know he's funny as shit from time to time. He does the weirdest stuff, but he is actually a pretty serviceable backup and he can move the ball down the field. I think the Saints handle business here, especially being at home. Moving on, we got the two and one commanders going against the three and Eagles in the NFC Beast showdown. Eagles are minus nine with an over under of 43. And I know you want to hammer this all day being an Eagle fan. Worries me a little bit with the divisional rival rivalry going on. Minus nine's a lot of points in the NFL. That's a fair point. The division games are always a little tighter, but I just feel like 
this is a game the Eagles win pretty comfortably. One where, you know, it's never completely out of hand, but it's the Eagles always just have a good good distance between uh, them. I think they win this game something like 31-13, pretty comfortable game. They cover that nine. Sam Howell, the commander's quarterback, has just been struggling very badly through four picks last week. And I think the Eagles defensive line is going to get after him and just make things real tough for him out there. So I really like the Eagles to cover. Yeah, and he thought that Bills defense was nasty. He might be in for a, a rude awakening this week. And this could very well be the end of the uh, Sam Howell era in Washington. I think they've got Jacoby Brissett as the backup now, who is has never lit it up. He's never been a guy that wows anybody but he has been a guy that goes out and gets the job done he can win games and maybe more importantly for a commander's team the way that they're set up he won't lose you games yeah he he's always been serviceable he's started quite a few games and been solid in that role too he's a great backup and i think you know like you said it it could be an opportunity where if Howell really comes out struggling, if he throws a pick or two early, then why not Why not try the safer option, someone that's not going to just full-on lose you the game and give the ball to someone else, give your guys a chance to stay in it. Yeah, it's never a recipe for winning. All right, moving on to the afternoon games. We got the Raiders at 1-2. and two. Tied for second in the AFC West versus the Chargers at one and two with an over under of 49 points. This should be a fun one. The Chargers are minus five at home, if you could call it that. There's going to be a lot of silver and black in the stands this weekend. Yeah, Chargers really don't play any true home games, unfortunately, for them. They got that beautiful stadium that attracts the opposing team far and wide to go watch watch them play. So this will be similar for them there. That being said, I do think they cover this five points. I think they win by a touchdown or more. And I really, really like the over 49 here. I know Jimmy G is still in concussion protocol, may not play. And that might not be a bad thing. Um, whether it's Brian Hoyer, sounds like they're not going to give the rookie a shot. Gross. What? It's gross that they're not going to give him a shot. It's negligent. I want McDaniels out. I'm over him. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, the Chargers minus five, that's money right here. They're definitely a, a much better roster, a much better team. Um, they have their shortcomings as well. But when you just look at the athletes on the field, the Raiders don't really stack up right now. But they do always seem to play very well against the Chargers. It's another one of those divisional games. Um I would be concerned about the over 49 if it's Brian Hoyer out there because two things that you never hear go together are Brian Hoyer and an over, unless he throws like two pick sixes, very well could happen. But if that's the case, I don't think the Raiders stand a chance. I think the Chargers crush that minus five. Next up, we got another divisional game. It's the NFC West. Cardinals going to Santa Clara against the 3-0 ers The over-under is 44, and the 49ers are a massive minus 14-point favorite. I think that's the highest 
line we've seen this year through four weeks? Yeah, I think it might be. I think it might be. And I think the Niners cover that line. I think this is a this is a spot where the Cardinals come in off of a big surprising upset last week where they were 12 and a half point underdogs to the Cowboys and ended up winning the game straight up by 12 points themselves. Just a shocking game. And this feels like a spot where the 49ers definitely don't overlook them one bit considering that they just saw what they did to the Cowboys last week and just come out and assert their dominance. Cardinals come down to earth a little bit off of that upset and just, you know, never really stand a chance in this one. Yeah, weirdly, it feels like the Niners are coming in feeling like they have something to prove, even though the Cardinals are one and two. Kyler Murray is not even playing. They have no chance at the playoffs, but uh, they are going to come out and try and ship pump them, it feels like. They're a little banged up. Debo might not play, probably won't play. Ayuk's coming off injury. Um, but I do agree they'll win 14 points. That's a little too far for me. Yeah, I just think it's also another spot where, you know, slight little revenge game here. We got Jonathan Gannon as the head coach for the Cardinals, former Eagles defensive coordinator, who, you know, NFC championship game, Eagles came out and dominated after Purdy got hurt. And I think Purdy and Shanahan are going to want to make a little statement over towards them, new division rival, and say, hey, look what we can do. Hey, I didn't even think of that. That's the kind of fucking hard-hitting analysis that we brought you in for. Yeah, revenge. You don't, you don't get that everywhere. No, you absolutely don't. Revenge is the theme of the week. We're fucking on it. You heard it here first. 49ers, minus 14, hammer it. <laughs> Next up, we got the Patriots going to Dallas. It's the aforementioned Cowboys, who are 2-1 and one after losing to the Cardinals last week. The Cowboys are minus six and a half at home. The over-under is 43 and a half. I got to tell you, I love the boys here. Yeah, I really like the Cowboys to bounce back here as well. Patriots just aren't very good. They don't have much talent on that offense. The The skill players they do have, aside from Ramondre, are all pretty old. And it's just not an encouraging offense. I think the Cowboys were in a weird spot last week, losing one of their stars to injury in practice always a tough thing and you just kind of come out in a game where you expect to just roll your opponent and you're not really ready for the the fight back from them and you never really recover in time to to get the win so i don't think that happens to them again this week bill belichick obviously a great coach miles better than mike mccarthy and he'll have a great scheme for them defensively do some things to frustrate Dak, I'm sure, and keep him in the game. But it feels like a spot where the Cowboys should easily win by a touchdown or more. Yeah, and if that fucking actual beautiful analysis wasn't enough, the Patriots quarterback's name is Mac Jones. The Mac comes from his middle name. Do you know what his middle name is? I don't. McCorkle. Ugh. That's an NFL quarterback. McCorkle? McCorkle. What the fuck's his first name? I don't even know. Get the fuck out of here with that, though. Cowboys hammer at minus six and a half. That's all day. 
McCorkle. What in the trust fund baby name is that? God damn, bro. All right, next up, we got the Sunday night game. The Chiefs are going to MetLife Stadium. Minus eight and a half point favorites at the Jets with an over-under of 41 and a half. Another one where I just love the Chiefs here. It could be, it was nine and a half last week, if I remember right. It could be 10 and a half. It could be 11 and a half. I'd go up to 13 and a half, probably. I think the Chiefs just handle business here. It's not even going to be a, a contest. Yeah, this is a shocking line and shocking that it's going the other way in the Jets' favor. This The Chiefs are going to dominate this game. It's Sunday night. Of course, they're going to be up and ready for it. Taylor Swift's going to be in the building again. Travis Kelsey going to score a tutter. It's it's just it's I can't believe it's only eight and a half points. The Chiefs win this by double digits, ninety five out of a hundred times. Yeah, if I'm if I'm looking at this right, the Chiefs team total is going to be somewhere around 26, 27 points. Give me the over on that. Give me the minus eight and a half, and give me a Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown. With Taylor Swift in the house in New York City, that's got to be like plus 500. That's, I don't want to say free money, but put it in the bank. We're not financial advisors, just so you know. And we are not liable for your losses. But we are responsible for your wins, baby. Let's go. Yo. All right, moving on. We got the Monday night game. We got the Seattle Seahawks at two on one going. To MetLife, a doubleheader at MetLife, Sunday night, Monday night. Seahawks at Giants. Seahawks are minus one with an over-under of 47. Give me the road team again. Seahawks minus one. It feels like a slam dunk. Yeah, another line where I'm very surprised how low it is. I love the Seahawks here, too. I think they win pretty easily. The Giants have not shown a lot this year, you know, it just comes down to I think the Seahawks are pretty good and I think the Giants are pretty bad. So I'll take the pretty good team to win by at least a point all day, you know? Yeah, that's boy math right there, huh? Yeah. Add that shit up. <laughs> I love that. Speaking of adding up, I got a little parlay for you to cap off this fucking beautiful week four slate. Let's hear it. I got all roadies. Crack open your road sodas. Let's get going. I got Bengals minus two and a half over the Titans. I don't see how that doesn't hit. Chiefs minus eight and a half on the road against the Jets. And then that last one, Seahawks minus one over the Giants on Monday Night Football. I wanted to get the Vikings in there. I love them at minus four, but these other three just feel like such slam dunks. I don't think you can go wrong. Yeah, I just punched those three in, and we're looking at a plus 567. Just a beauty. Feels like it could be maybe like a 585, but I'll take 567 all day. I'm going to take that to the bank. That's a winner right there. Absolutely. That wraps up week four. You got any other finishing touches you want to put on that? No, just excited for another week of football, man. It's uh, we're about a quarter of the way through. It doesn't feel like it, but you know, seventeen divided by four is something like that. So cherish it while we have it, boys. It goes quick. Take it. Let's move on to uh, 
a little NBA action. We don't get a lot of NBA action in September, but we got some breaking news from Woj yesterday that Dame Lillard is on the move to the Milwaukee Bucks. Very, very surprising trade came out of nowhere. Lillard's been talked about as a trade target for a long time. Seemed like he was wanting to go to Miami, pretty uh, stuck on that idea. But out of nowhere, Milwaukee comes in, swoops him up. He gets to go go join Giannis and Chris Middleton over there. Forms a really good big three. You know, they really didn't quick. have That might be a great big three, but he would have been so much cooler in Miami. Oh, yeah. My, I mean, Miami's just – Miami would have fit him so well with Jimmy Butler, him and Butler. Dame is just like one of the coolest guys in the league. Yeah. To see him go to Milwaukee, it almost hurts a little. It does. It feels like it's going to hurt his rap career too because <laughs> yes, tough spot. But, you know, on a pure basketball standpoint, it's a great fit. It, him and Giannis together will be very fun to watch. And, you know, it's it's exciting. It's one of those things I forgot how how good NBA Twitter is. Just when the, when the news breaks, all the instant reactions, the memes – just hilarious on there you could scroll for an hour and just be laughing and you know you come across 10 different things you want to send to the group chat but you don't want to be annoying so you just send one you know but it's it's good it's good stuff great stuff out there and you know it's probably the best thing about it too is i I feel like you don't get this in other sports but it's the players half the time that are like what the fuck is going on Yeah. yeah butler speaking of miami butler full-on told the nba on instagram he said collusion you you might want to look at Milwaukee for tampering. You didn't hear from me, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, bro, uh, you you're holding your phone and talking to the camera. I think we all just heard it from you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the the man Dame came out with a a uh, farewell song to his lovely fans in Portland. You know, he spent a lot of time there. He's a seasoned vet at this point. One of my all-time favorite players very fun to watch at his peak but it's just tough to win in portland you know he had some good moments there just never really never able to get past the second round but you know he'll he'll always have that game winning three over Mm -hmm. all george and waving to the waving waving them off the court just an all-time moment game seven too right yeah just beautiful but he he came out with a song called farewell he's a you know rapper dame dalla Probably one of the best athlete rappers ever, to be honest, because there's been a few that just aren't good. But, you know, he came out, and I wanted to read a line to you here. He had a great line in here. We have a little poetry hour on the pod? Poetry hour on the pod. Fucking love this. Let me grab my wine. (laughs) So he came out with this song. Which shout out to his label and his producers for getting it out so fast. Just impressive. Came out yet came out yesterday evening, like hours after the trade broke. Very well done. But he said, I could never get replaced. They'll know sooner than later. An arrow pointed at who assumed it was greater. Amazing what I get in return for this labor. I continue leaving trails, but won't beef with the Blazers. Just elite. The play on words where there with trail and blazers, the team name, just love, love it. Love to see it. I think that's enough NBA though for September. It's football season. But hey, that was beautiful. 
I loved it, but I agree. Let's keep yeah. it moving. Let's touch on a little baseball because it is almost October. Playoffs are right around the corner. Uh, NFL is king, but we love baseball too. We do. Where we baseball. at in the playoff race? You know, baseball playoffs, just one of the best times of the year. The So I'd like to shout out the Baltimore Orioles who picked up their 100th win today, clinched the AL East, just remarkable remarkable turnaround i believe they were 25 to 1 they were 25 to 1 and hey listen we've gone on the record multiple times on this podcast saying that we are not smart individuals very stupid humans that just like to watch sports but uh fan graphs put something out that they had a 1.3 percent chance of winning the division uh, in april i don't know how they figure that out math and shit but that's a fucking awesome year. It's a cool team to watch. I'm happy for them. Yeah. Boy Math is saying the team has 1.3% chance and then they win the division. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so the Orioles pulled that out. Good for them. Happy to see that for them. We only have one division up for grabs at this point. The AL West is still in contention. Rangers looking pretty comfortable with a two-game lead, though, with three to play. So that should be pretty much wrapped up if they just win one more game. Um, and then on the wild card end in the American League, the Blue Jays are a game up on the Astros, who are in second with the wild card. And then, or they're in third with the wild card. Yeah. Might be bad. Blue Jays are in second with the wild card. The third wild card, the final spot. The Astros have it currently with the Mariners a game behind them. So that is definitely in contention still. Blue Jays, same situation as the Rangers with the division. They're two games up. So if they just win one of their last three, they will clinch a spot as well. Yeah, it feels like the Blue Jays have a spot locked up. It would be an epic collapse if they lost their spot. It's coming down to the Astros and Mariners. The Astros play the Diamondbacks. Mariners play the Rangers, who, like you said, if they win one game, they win the division. And that could play a huge part in who gets that last wildcard spot down the stretch. Yeah. I I know you and I and a lot of baseball fans around the world are hoping the Mariners pull this off and the dirtbag Astros get sent home. But Astros are in a pretty good spot right now, and if they make it, they're always going to be dangerous, which sucks. Yep. Over in the National League, the Diamondbacks are sitting comfortable with the number two wild card spot. They just need to win one of their games against the Astros. So we can. Oh, hey, we need we that badly. Come on, Diamondbacks. We would love that. And, you know, as we discussed last pod, the Marlins and Cubs are going to be vying it out for the last spot. The Cubs are currently half a game back of the Marlins, which is kind of weird at this point in the season. Why half a game? Well, the Marlins game tonight got suspended due to rain. They're playing in New York against the Mets. They were down 1-0 going into the ninth inning, and they're hitting in the top of the ninth. They actually scored two runs before the game got rained out. The forecast was too bad. They weren't able to resume. So there's a chance that after this weekend series plays out, after the last day Sunday, if that game that just got postponed still matters, the Marlins would then need to fly back to New York 
and finish that last inning against the Mets with potentially a chance to clinch the last wild card, which would be pretty electric. It's unlikely, but there is a slim chance that the the Marlins could have to go to New York, finish that game, just to tie the Cubs to force another game against the Cubs. Winner takes the last spot in the playoffs, and that would be fucking electric. That's something to root for. Well, it looks like we got a fucking busy weekend ahead of us. We got week four in the NFL. We got the MLB playoffs taking shape. Last spots in the playoffs up for grabs. I can't wait. Me either, man. It's another good weekend coming up. Let's let's win some money. That wraps it up for the sports part of the podcast. If you're a real sicko like us and you're interested in big old sweater puppies and silver foxes, stay tuned because we've got some bonus content tonight. Mrs. Kirby is joining us. For the recap of the premiere of The Golden Bachelor on ABC. That's right, folks. We're recapping The Golden Bachelor. And we got 65-year-old baddies vying for a chance at love. And with that, Kyle V, I'll see you at the water cooler. Cheers. All right, full disclosure here. We are done talking about sports. We are launching a little bonus content for the first time. Are you excited? I'm pumped, juiced. We got my smoking hot, spicy mocha latte wife, Carmen, with us. Say hi. Hi. And tonight we are doing a recap of the premiere of the motherfucking Golden Bachelor. Speechless, huh? I could tell. <laughs> Man. Speechless. Chills. Now, Carmen and I watched The Golden Bachelor tonight. What'd you think? I thought it was great. Kyle, did you watch The Golden Bachelor? I did not watch The Golden Bachelor. I do know the premise of it, though. Give us the premise. Um, It's basically like any other season of The Bachelor, except it's like 60 and over, I believe. Correct? The man, the man is old. Uh, but looks like a silver fox. I imagine there was some silver lionesses out there oh, yeah. on, on the prowl as well. So, what do you what do you think the guy's name is? The Golden Bachelor. Um, I'm gonna guess like Charles. Uh, oh, we're talking to Gary. We got a Gary on the show. Gary, that was uh, a good guess. That though. was a good guess. Yeah, I was I thinking like Charles, I called Charlie. You know, but. Gary makes sense. Mm-hmm. How do you think they kicked off the premiere of The Golden Bachelor? I feel like they probably started with a montage for Gary of just like something, some sort of sob story, something to make you feel bad for the man. Just, you know, he's really looking for love, needs his needs his lady and and something to tug at the heartstrings of the viewers. What do you think that way. story was for him? So am I, am I on the right track right here you can say it his wife died dead yeah yeah knew it (laughs) yeah it's not so predictable so predictable so predictable it's like okay yeah was it was it the c word no she had a bacterial infection that basically shut down 
her whole like body yeah yeah like it happened fast like boom 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 yeah so rest in peace now peace. the golden bachelor yeah he'd be proud yeah yeah i think so he seems like a very nice funny guy kind of goofy good for gary Old goofy yeah, you said silver fox, but I think he's actually got a little natural brown in there still. I know. He's got dark hair. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for him. I'm not going to lie. He's the hottest one on the show. <laughs> so. Nah, Faith for sure. All right, babe. We got the uh, the women in front of us. There's, what did I say? There's there. 22. 22 contestants. 22 contestants to start. Who was your favorite from the jump? Faith, 100%. And what stood out about her? Uh, she rode in on a, a hog, a Harley. And she played him a song on her guitar. She's badass, man. Man. She's badass. Kyle, without watching, if you had to guess a woman's name that was going to be on this show... Who is your favorite? Um, I would be a fan of Lynn, I think. I think Lynn. 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 Is she on there? Well, no, that's there is wild, one. I guess. Yeah. I no, I can tell you who you would have liked because I know you will. Well, you're going to say the one that you like. April. Because she came out and she was just letting the puppies out to play at the park. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, she got a nice rack. She's pretty cute too. April's probably my second favorite. She's really nice and cute and like spunky. Now, here's who got eliminated Anna, which was probably the most shocking because she showed up in a red dress that was. Yeah, to die for. To die for. Stunning. Stunning. But she gone. She gone. Pamela. Sorry, girl. I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to skip this one for now. Oh. Maria. Okay. A Renee, fun fact, showed up in a cheerleader outfit and did a little cheer. Yeah, and she didn't even wear a dress at all. She wore like a tracksuit. That's a tough look to pull up. Yeah. To the Golden Bachelor. Yeah. In a cheer suit and then get eliminated first episode. That's tough. It it was not a great look for her. I admire her for putting herself out there because that was bold. Mm-hmm. Um, but she killed herself. She buried herself with that. <laughs> I tell you what though, any anyone PSA to anyone eliminated, um hit you up. You know, <laughs> I, I could uh I I could be a good little sugar baby, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one eliminated was Sylvia. And to be honest, I don't even remember her, so Sometimes you, know, you don't even like see the people because they're so like unimpressionable, I guess. Yeah, it's tough to get screen time on that first episode. Now, this one I skipped before. Patty. Patty was eliminated. Do you know who that is? Patty. I just read this on here. Patty is the mother of Matt James, who was a former Bachelor contestant. What? Yeah, and I think we actually watched part of that one together. Really? Matt James, like light-skinned black dude. Tall, good looking. It describes a lot of people. 
but yeah, that's his mom. And I remember her being on his episode now, his his season. So yeah, crazy. Um, who else stuck out to you, babe? Anyone? I know you loved Faith. I did love Faith. I liked Edith because um, look at her hair. It looks like my mom's. She had like a nice, like really beautiful, like silver. Oh hair. my gosh, like white hair, you know. You've seen my mom's hair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that natural, that natural, like yeah, and it's like weird. long and it looks like yeah. it looks like really full and luscious. You'll like this, Kyle. Teresa showed up. Pretty sure it was Teresa, right? Yes. She showed up in like black yeah. in like a black kind of cover, like a shawl. Almost of like a almost it was like a robe. Yeah. And yeah. she went up and she was like, It's my birthday. So I decided to wear my birthday suit. And she opened oh. her row front facing and it looked like she was naked underneath turns out she wasn't it was a little ploy she was wearing kind of like a nude little slip uh but it was a great move it was a great move and then later in the show he brought her a cupcake for her birthday and what'd she get they made out hardcore i was gonna say a rose she got a rose but they did make out Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, she got some tongue. Yeah, Veteros, She got some tongue and she got some cake. So she had a great. Wow. Day. wow. And she's seventy. Oh, <gasps> she's seventy. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that. It said seven zero right on the cupcake. Yup, that's right. It did. <laughs> it did. What wow, else? what a, what a start. Yeah. So. Can I ask you guys, what are you looking forward to in, in episode two? I know what I am. Boobies? Well, boobies for sure. But <laughs> there's, so I feel like, if have you ever watched The Bachelor before? Not really. There's always, I mean, I feel like on any show like this, there's always like one antagonist who you're just like, Why? Do they keep picking this person to yeah. stay? And it's like, yeah, the director's like, you you must pick this person. Like, here's an extra rose if you need Get it. She's got to stay. Susan, bro. Let me Susan. tell you about Susan. <laughs> she is just, I could tell from the minute I saw her. I was like, I do not like Susan. I don't like her. And she's drama with a capital D. I, I just saw her picture on that link you sent me. And she she looks like uh she looks like kardashian she looks like i was like she looks like chris jenner (laughs) she also looks like she wants to talk to your manager yo yeah she is the manager she is i'm pretty pretty sure she has talked to my manager back when i worked at payless (laughs) yeah no i mean we've got a lot of good candidates faith's my favorite by far yeah i'm team april are you picking a side i'm team faith uh, you know, I'm gonna need more info. If Faith uh, doesn't win, I don't even like. I there's no way she's not gonna win. Yeah, I think just quick off the first, off the first look, I'm kind of leaning April to be honest. Yeah, but you, you can't go It's it's early, you know. It's early. Well, you don't know that. Half of them are gray. That's true. <laughs> I'm a, I'm. A, we must say though, his name being Gary, and it's spelled G E R R Y. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like what in the world? 
It's a pretty douchey way to spell Gary. I like to call yeah. him from here on out. What? I would like to call him Jerry from here on out. Jerry. You can, because you've never seen it. So how would you know? You look at the name, that's Jerry. All right. Well, I think that covers the Golden Bachelor. Yeah, there's not too much drama. Honestly, there's already way less drama than like normal Bachelor. It's coming though. Susan is brewing it up in her little witch's pot. <laughs> She's stirring the tea. How many episodes are in the pot? Uh, bachelor season? I don't even know, man. Couldn't tell you. Probably 15. <laughs> Seems right. So they kind of cut they they cut a few at the start and then it slows down a lot later, huh? Yeah, I feel like they usually cut like one a show. Yeah, least. Yeah, maybe more at the start, huh? Mm-hmm. Sometimes more at the start. One at a time later. Yeah. So yeah. it's a Thursday night show. Thursday night. Yep. I'll I'll make sure to not to keep not watching and just live it through you guys. Yeah. You I mean, that's it. all you really need to do. Yeah. All right. Don't forget to tune in next Thursday for the next recap of The Golden Bachelor. Stay golden, boys. steady if you want to live it place it in your mind everything could change in just one night there we go again talking real heavy listen up world i think i'm talking pretty steady if you want to live it place it in your mind everything could change in just one night